Hello, I'm Rick Ward, founder of Orbit's Edge, and I'm listening to the Cold Start Project. The show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be what is termed professional advice. The Cold Start Project is proudly presented by the Operational Excellence Society. Cold Start Tech is a supporter of the OPEX Society, and Jason Gannigan is a member of its board of advisors. Talk with us at Cold Star Tech to find out more about the OPEX Society and what we can achieve together in your organization, or just visit opexsociety.org. Thanks for joining us for today's show. So you all know I love bringing perspectives from outside of North America or ESA or something like that. And so today we've got somebody from Botswana and Zimbabwe, which I think is really cool. We've had a few African guests on, uh, but here we're going to be focusing specifically on Southern Africa. And her name is Bazudi Bolo, and she has a couple of really cool uh, roles. She is the Space for Women mentor uh, for Zimbabwe, and uh, really promoting STEM and uh, space and all the other goodies. She's also the Chair of Educational Technologies at Africa University. And so we're going to have a great discussion about what is happening uh, with space in Africa and how... Botswana and Zimbabwe are getting involved in uh, the space industry and what the future looks like. So, Bazudi, welcome. Bazudi, tell us a little bit about your experience growing up uh, in Southern Africa and how you got involved with STEM, what kind of path you took to enter the field that you're in. Yes, uh, when I, I grew up in, in, in Southern Africa in Botswana, Mm-hmm. In a village, I was born in a village uh, called Matangwani village in the central district of Botswana. So, and I started my primary school at Matangwani primary school where I, gra- I did grade one to grade seven. So when I was at primary school, I used to be one of the best students in STEM, in mathematics, science, and I really loved the science. And until I, 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 I attend my secondary and tertiary, I was good in STEM programs. In 1985, when I was doing grade form one, I became best student in mathematics in our class. So that really motivated me because as a, a, a young girl at that time, I could see that, and we were about more than 40 students, and I could see that being the best student, it was something that I really liked, and it motivated me to to do well in science and, and mathematics. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. So Botswana and then Zimbabwe, where you've moved to, are landlocked countries. Um, they're touching each other. They share a border. How has that geography impacted their development of uh, space programs? I mean, what, what kind of thinking goes into this? So you see, uh, Zimbabwe and Botswana, they are uh, countries that are landlocked countries. But if you look at the space program, you find that uh, Southern Africa uh, space program, we, the countries, they they use space program, especially the space application. Mm-hmm. Space application meaning remote sensing and GS application to monitor and manage our resources. And we, in SADC, uh, Southern Africa, there are projects that are, are integrate that are integrated, and we find that uh, countries like Botswana, uh, South Africa, Zimbabwe, uh, Swaziland, and other SADC countries they join together to work together using space applications, 
sometimes you'll find that each country or other countries who advance on space applications like South Africa, uh, sometimes they invite uh, countries with uh, less experience in space for training and so on. And there are also committees uh, that are being, that have been formed in SADC and in Africa that support space application and the use of space science technology in the, uh, in the continent. Okay, so more comp uh, cooperation than competition. Uh, so that's good. They figured out if we pool our resources, we could do better. What does the average person on the street in, in either country think of space and space-based technology? Uh, currently, uh, uh, people are now aware of space science and technology. But uh, before, uh, people were using space science and technology, but they were not aware that this is space science and technology because they, they were thinking that space, if you talk of space, it's the astronomy and also the, only the astronauts. But currently, right. you know that the satellites that uh, uh, we are using for communication, telecommunications, mm -hmm. internet, and uh, Earth observation uh, satellites, they are very useful because of outreach, because of um, mentorship and networking of international bodies and those countries that advance in space. Okay. Now, I've interviewed a few people from, uh, from, from Africa, Tamadeo Onyesun, who runs a space journal. Um, what else can I remember? A fellow from South Africa who moved to Holland, but he, <laughs> they're making uh, 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 attitude control systems. Uh, and, uh, and another fellow I could think of. So very, very interesting um, what's going on there. What do you think the biggest challenge is in, uh, in implementing, developing, and, and getting user adoption for space technology for Southern Africans? Uh, the challenge is that uh, it's, it's lack of resources hmm. and lack of skilled manpower, because if you talk of space science and technology, these are uh, fields that are not easy to be used by each individual person. It needs more training, outreach, and also uh, support like uh, to, to launch a, a satellite on space is not uh, something that can uh, a country like just wake up and do it. It is expensive to launch a, a satellite and you find that uh, countries, they prioritize the other use of, of funds than uh, to launch a space uh, satellite uh, in space. Because also uh, to launch a space as individual countries find that uh, it can be expensive. So that's why you see sometimes uh, there are committees that are formed in SADC in Africa to work together to support each other with the resources so that we can manage uh, resources for sustainable development. Okay. And another challenge also is that um, is awareness, because like I said, uh, if there is lack of awareness of space science technology and the use of, of technology in the continent or in southern region, and this also makes it uh, very slow for countries to adapt space science technology mm -hmm. and also to support projects that can uh, assist that are based on space science and technology. Right. Yeah, that awareness is so important, isn't it? Um, yes. Folks, folks on the street really need to understand how space impacts their daily lives and can improve 
uh, what they're doing, their jobs, their communication, their safety. Uh, and so you're doing a lot to help that. I know I'm thinking of Eldridge DeMello, who's an Angolan, and um, <clears throat> he's a ground station operator. Actually, he's, he's gone on from that, uh, but he was. And I interviewed him to find out more about ground station operations. And uh, being from Angola, he had the ability to go to both the Russians and the Americans <laughs> and the French, even for training. Um, is that the case for Botswanans and, and folks from Zimbabwe as well? Yes, because we are, currently Botswana is um, uh, Botswana is developing like a satellite, a meteorological satellite system, and it's being assisted by China. It's being uh, developed in China. Zimbabwe as well is Japan, and the countries are planning to launch their first satellite in 2022, of which it will be another move. And now everyone will be involved in space science technology. And because of those pro the big, these big projects, it will also create awareness within the countries. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's take um, the idea of a small satellite constellation flying overhead, taking its its readings with its resolution and updating in that. Um, you're saying, and I'm going to use your phrase here: precise data is promised by spectral imagery for farmers, right? And they're going to be able to make decisions and and do do better out of that, get better results. Can you describe for us what specifically those farmers will get out of having this precise data? Uh, if you look at uh, uh, Southern Africa, like Africa, our farms are very small. Uh, sometimes one that a smallest farm can be up to less than even a hectare. And Africa lacks uh, very high resolution data. And the introduction of uh, very high resolution a satellite, a, a satellite uh, imagery capture can also can assist farmers to, to, to manage the, the farm activities and to easily know exactly what is happening, uh, where and why is, is, is happening that way. Because previously we used to use a very low resolution data of, of satellites that you find that it can be one kilometers. And if it is one kilometer resolution, you find that it is very difficult for farmers to identify or to even to monitor a, such a small area farm mm. that is in irregular shapes and so on. And that's why currently uh, there is introduction of drones technology mm. to capture very high resolution data. And the technology is still also new and Africa is still learning on the use of drones technology to assist in precision agriculture and to provide very high resolution data. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so they'll be able to make better decisions about crops and um, what, what else? Yeah, it's, it's, it's monitor crops and our uh, forest management, okay. natural resources, uh, uh, such as um, yeah, water resources, because Africa is also facing challenge of droughts. There are regions that are, uh, are affected by droughts. Mm -hmm. And also satellite technology with the very high resolution can assist in the transboundary issues where mm -hmm. there are maybe water pollution, air pollution and other uh, natural resources that needs to be monitored at a, uh, by using remote sensing. Uh, in areas where it can be reached by a, a physical human being. And we see some fires, wildfires all over. And also we can 
can assist in the identification of areas of wildfires and mm -hmm. drought in yeah. Right, right. Very good. Yeah, the drought thing is very important, that issue. There is a large desert, <laughs> a very large mountain as well, which some yeah. folks may know about. Uh, so you are the Space for Women Ambassador to Botswana. Tell us about that role, what's involved, and uh, what you're hoping to achieve with it. Yeah, to be a, a Women Ambassador to Botswana and also to uh, globally, because I mean, also we mean ambassador in African region, mm. and globally we assist the women and girls to use space and encourage them uh, to use space, and also uh, we uh, mentor them that uh, you know, in other in many other countries or regions, you find that there's a norm that uh, a woman cannot do space or cannot do the fields that are done by a female. So we encourage them and uh, mentor them that as a woman you can do, there are no borders uh, in women. As, as long as you have the passion to do space, you can do and you achieve it. And also our worry is that looking at the population, uh, we find that there are more women and girls in the world. And if you can leave them behind, uh, the world cannot do much, and we find that at the end, uh, the, 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 there will be a challenge of maybe managing resources or everything will decline because a large number of a group of people will be left behind, uh, including uh, women and girls and other disadvantages, uh, disadvantaged people. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. That's, that's very, yeah. very important. Even in... Uh so-called first world countries, um, that attitude can still persist, right? That uh, women are not as good and uh, it's a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> very and foolish, very what, foolish. Yeah, yeah, and also what we do, we act as a role model and also as the case that cases like, you know, I'm here and I'm a woman and also we encourage other women that, uh, you know, a woman has, uh, can do a lot and to find that we are the one who are taking care of our children. So we have to take care of our children until they are grown up. That's when now you can start going to school again to empower, like to, to, to develop yourself and so on. And we also uh, uh, try to, to speak to the world that uh, there must be a, a policies that protect women, more especially when it comes to education, to empowerment because as normally you find that uh, when it comes to scholarship, they will tell you that a scholarship uh, ends at like 35 years a youth up to youth level is 35. But what about women? At uh, that age, 35, a woman is the one now be taking care of kids there. So women must not have any boundaries when it comes to scholarship and uh, empowerment. So that's our message to the society every day. Very good. Yeah, it, it's badly needed. <laughs> so yes. let's let's finish up with a fun question here then, um, which kind of tacks on to what we've been talking about. If you had the resources to do whatever you wanted, <laughs> whatever you pleased concerning space education and technology development as a program for Southern Africa, if you get the countries to work together and pool all those resources and people, what would you focus your effort on? 
Now, if I have all the resources uh, available, I'll focus on, uh, on education, empowering uh, uh, everyone, uh, using, empowering everyone to use data science and technology. Because I know that if we can empower everyone, uh, everyone will be involved, uh, will take part, and uh, will be able to manage our resources. And if you look at uh, space science also, like I, I can advise that it's not only focusing on STEM, there are programs that are, are not based on, space, on STEM, like they are based on arts, like if you look at uh, space, um, tourism, if you look at uh, the space suit that have been designed by people who are not, uh, uh, who, are, who doesn't have any experience on STEM, also they are, as, as uh, space songs, space uh, arts, uh, anything can, everyone can be involved. Even those students, these kids, they can sing these the, the songs that include space and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting idea. Education through singing, yes. <laughs> making something yes. popular, right? Yes. Very good. Well. Mazudi, who should who should contact you? Um, what what would you like them to contact you about, and where is the best place to do that? Uh, uh, each and every person who are interested in contact me, they can contact me by uh, the email. Uh, my email is basutibolo at gmail .com. and also my profile. I have a, a, a link profile. They can Google my name. On Facebook, that's where I I, I share my all um, I share everything that I do globally on Facebook, on LinkedIn as well, and also at the United Nations uh, Office for Outer Space Affairs Network uh, website. I'm also there, so they can contact me uh, via the the. the social media right right yes anyone interested in space and women and uh, southern africa uh, should be following you on linkedin well i appreciate you doing this thanks for being here yes but not only in uh, southern africa anyone who's interested also not only women and even uh, any 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 person because we just do a general the space for women project is that one is focused on women and girls, but we are doing general because um, one of the uh, member and body of uh, organizations that I volunteer to mentor as well, not only United Nations Space for Women project. Right, right. Well, I think what I'll do is I'll catch up with you again in about six months and uh, maybe we'll do another one of these that you could tell us what's new and uh, what has happened since. Yes, right. yes, thank right. you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining my guest, Pazuti Bolo, and myself on this week's episode of the Cold Star Project, having a look at Southern Africa and what space means for that area of the world. And if you want to catch up on what's going on in the space industry, here's a way to do it for free. Go to uh, coldstartech.com and the courses page and sign up for the Make Space Boring virtual conferences recordings. And there, Boy, if you want to learn about uh, in-situ resource utilization on the moon, uh, space situational awareness, space law, and a whole bunch more, 
we've got subject matter experts there and that information has not become outdated uh, these are general practical principles um, that you can use as a foundation for your knowledge of space so I recommend getting over there and checking it out the courses section on uh, coldstartech.com thanks for listening